Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Well, what happens if you're confused or you're not sure about anything? If you ask people in the new generation, they're going to be like, oh, we just Google it. Some of the older generations might tell you, oh, we just, you know, pick up, go to the library, pick up a book and read about it. But what a lot of people miss out is on asking someone else, perhaps who has dealt with the situation before or someone who's even mastered it for help. And perhaps this is one of the biggest reasons why I started the show Ship with CJ podcast as well to learn from all the great people out there. And in doing so, I have found you someone really special who helps men and women create create and have this own idea of self-made wellness. She teaches people how to manage her time, how to manage your mind, how to manage and overcome different obstacles, including things like things that we face every day, like overeating, over drinking. Uh, some people are, aren't that great with time management, so she helps out with that, career advices. Everyone, welcome Tracy on the show. Tracy, welcome. Thank you, CJ. I'm super excited to be here. I'm, I can't wait to teach your listeners how they can take control of their thoughts and their feelings so that they feel like they can manage their own problems. I think that is the biggest gift that I can give your audience today. And that is one of the biggest gifts that anyone can get. So thank you for that. Tracy, I introduced you as Tracy because I didn't want to, you know, butcher your last name. So can you please tell us like what's your how do you pronounce your last name? Yes, I can. It's Plush Court. So two syllables, Plush Court. Okay. So that's Tracy Plush Court, everyone. I, I was going to take an attempt at it and I was like, uh, you know what? I'll just I'll just leave it to you. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're so. not unlike any other podcast host uh, uh, that I've guested with. <laughs> right. So, you know, when you speak about being self-made, you've like, when I go through your website, you've been certified by so many institutes and you have this natural energy in you of like teaching and educating. Were you always like this or did you always want to be a coach? Did you always want to help people or like, tell me your backstory. How did you get here? Yeah. You know, my answer is yes, I definitely did. I knew from a really young age that I wanted to lead people. But what I didn't know at the time is that I had to understand how to lead myself first. So, you know, as a child, I was the leader of all the camps and all the clubs and all of that kind of stuff. And most of them were self-made up. Like I didn't actually go to the clubs and run for office. I like made up my own clubs and then asked if you wanted to join me. So but that is because I've always really loved to lead people and to mentor people and to help people understand what it is that they really most desire and then have more of a clear path of how to get there. And um, so that deep desire and skill set has really followed me through my entire career. It has really manifested in a lot of different roles. Um, so I wouldn't have said you know, my my lifelong dream is to be a coach way back when. But I will say that I have found the role where I can have the biggest impact on people, biggest influence on people and help them feel like they finally have that control that they've been chasing. 
So yeah, I, um, I definitely have found my way. That is for sure. That's really good. And congratulations, because as we're cruising through life, a lot of people are confused, they're misinformed, they try to do everything but that right thing for them. And I'm yeah. so happy that you sort of pushed through and followed everything that you wanted to do, whether it's a leadership or mentorship or like a teaching role. And yeah, good for you. I'm happy. Thank you. And you created something called a self-made you. Tell me, why is it important to be self-made? Can you not well, ask your uncles and aunts and brothers and brothers or sister to help you out? Like, what, why self-made? Yeah, self-made, to me, it means that you take responsibility for all of your results. So <clears throat> it is not an ego-driven title where I think a lot, especially as Americans, you know, we are bombarded by you know, the images of self-made millionaires, self-made billionaires. And so we start to think about material wealth in the context of becoming self-made. And I actually like to think about being self-made in the context of taking responsibility for everything that I create in my life, whether it's unintentional or it's intentional. I take responsibility for it all. And that is a very strategic move because when I can take responsibility for the unintentional results as well as the intentional results, I then retain control. So for example, if I've gained 10 pounds, I take responsibility of that. I understand that I was feeling a way that had me consistently overeating and therefore getting the result of being overweight. I understand that there is a process that is happening. It's just not like one day I decided I don't care anymore and I'm I'm poof, I'm overweight or I'm genetically predisposed to being overweight or hormonally I'm in a stage of life that keeps me overweight. It's not a circumstance that creates or that is at you know is the cause of my experiences, of my results. It's my thoughts about the circumstance that has me feeling something and then therefore reacting. And I take responsibility for that so that if I don't like the results that I'm getting, I retain a level of power. I can choose whether I want to continue to create that for myself or whether I wanna create something different. And so we teach a methodology called Solving the Mind Map that very clearly shows you how and why you're getting the results in your life. It's very simple. It's just a four-step process that shows you how and why you're getting the results in your life. And then it makes it so clear that you have a choice at that point. You can see what the result is that you're getting. Maybe it's a broken relationship or a strained relationship, or it's an income that you're unsatisfied with. Whatever it is, you clearly see what it is that you are experiencing. And at that point, you can decide, is this what I want to keep creating for myself? The answer is not right or wrong. The answer belongs to you. You get to decide. So you retain control throughout the entire process. But to answer your question, what it means to be self-made is that you take responsibility for every experience you have. 
It is not happening outside of you. There isn't something outside of you to blame or to give credit to. It is happening because of the way you're thinking that drives the feeling you're experiencing that has you responding or reacting in a way that creates the results in your life. So that's what I would consider to be self-made. So we double down, <laughs> we triple down on that. We teach the methodology behind that. So our clients, our students understand they have the control. So we teach them, you know, what does it mean to even be responsible? I think a lot of us grew up with parents talking about, you know, you're irresponsible or take responsibility. They're using that word in a context that's different than how we use it. Responsible is a feeling. It's like an ownership. It doesn't have to mean anything about you. It's, it's your perpetuator to then act, to behave in such a way. And so uh, we teach you how to generate responsibility from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That is, that's quite powerful. Actually, when you look at responsibility and the whole context of that, that is very powerful and profound. Thank you for sharing that. You're and, welcome. You know, you said something so interesting. You're like, you, most of the people there, they're not. And I, I wanted to ask you this question that how many people that you've met are aligned with your understanding of responsibility? Like how many people have you met who are just like, oh, it's the weather, it's my mother, it's, um, you know, my wife or my son and the world. But how many people do you really meet and say like, oh, you know what, something's happened somewhere, but it's on me? <laughs> uh, I would say it's probably less than 50%, but um, that's a good thing because those people who think it's their mother or the weather, they are walking around with a lack of control, right? They might feel victimized. It might show up in a more extreme way where they literally walk around feeling like they are victim to their life. And that is no way to live. And so if I happen to cross the path of that person and they want help, I there is just really no better calling because I know that I can help them see their problems from a different perspective. And the best thing, the best gift I could ever give them is that sense of control, that it's not their mom and it's not the weather that mm -hmm. is creating the results in their life. It's the way they're choosing to think about it. And when I say choosing, I, I use that word lightly because it's an unintentional choice very, very often. Mm -hmm. And I want to teach them why that even happens. We have a part of our brain that was created to keep us safe back in the primitive state we had to have a lot of fear-based thoughts to keep us alive it's a survival mechanism and mm -hmm. in today's day and age we're not in a lot of danger but yet our primitive brain hasn't quite caught up and so it's always firing off those fear-based thoughts that have us reacting in such a way that doesn't have us thinking about oh it's the thought that I'm going to die that mm -hmm. is making me feel scared that has me reacting, has me running to the pantry or the refrigerator or lashing out at my friends or my or my children. They're not thinking like that. So um, it's a beautiful thing when I run across that person's path. If <laughs> I want to underscore this, if 
they want to think different, if they want help, because I will say um, probably one of the hardest lessons I learned as a coach was, you know, not to give unsolicited advice and not to give unsolicited coaching because some people actually like to live in that place. That is the, the life that they have chosen. And far be it from me to deem them wrong for wanting to live that way. That's their choice. I just personally choose to live differently. Mm -hmm. Got it. And you know, you're completely correct. Sometimes people love to live in that sort of a, the spectrum because what happens is when we're, when we're born, right, everyone is exposed to different environments and up to the age of seven, we're collecting all these data points, whether it's, whether it's how our parents behave or like the, I wouldn't say the weather, but like all the kind of things that are happening in your environment and all of those things, they shape up your subconscious mind. And now with neuroscience, we know that 90% of the times we're actually thinking like all the actions, which are unintentional, like you said, come out of that subconscious mind. And the vicious cycle, why I say it this way is because for, you know, I'm 31 years old, let's take my example. So for the first five to seven years, I've been thinking about some things. And then all of these things, the thoughts that I've been thinking about create some sort of an emotion, right? And these emotions move on to then generate some kind of like, let's say there are so many things like, we're, let's say chemicals, right? Chemicals in the body. They can mm -hmm. be neurochemicals or anything. And now these chemicals, they respond back with, a different feeling which goes back into the brain so you're looking at this vicious cycle and then what happens is if you don't catch this super early in life then with every year that passes it becomes stronger and stronger and there's a law in neuroscience called the hebb's law which says neurons that wire together fire together so every time you're firing up those same neuronal patterns is your belief system just becomes stronger and then if a coach comes around one day and if you like you mentioned, if you don't have the willingness or you're not looking for that change and someone tells you, hey, you got to do this differently. And you're like, no, I'm not. I've, I've been doing this for for so long. And also when you mentioned about the primitive part of the brain, something else came into my mind, which was a lot of the times we would like, you know, after the age of 25 to 30 and then beyond, we always think that, oh, OK, we're thinking with our logical mind. And you mentioned that, you know, you're bombarded with information because of social media, because of advertising, because of just so many things, so many people just wanting to get our attention, we're bombarded with information everywhere. And every second there, are, you know, so much of information going. And let's say, for example, there is about 11 million bits of information at any given time. Your brain can only process about 10 to 20 bits of information. And like you mentioned about the primitive brain, so there is an area in the brain called the amygdala. And what happens is every time we catch some sort of an information, it actually processes through our fear, anxiety, emotional, all of those things that you know most people in today's world are having problems with. And it processes through that. And only once it gets a response, it moves up to the higher channels of the brain, like the prefrontal cortex. That's where your logical brain sits. So in any moment where you're getting the information, your first emotion or like first action would be to either be like angry, fearful, uh, you know, some of these other emo complex emotions that come in. And only after you've reacted, that's the classic scenario where someone says something and then they go back and like, oh, why did I say that? I, 
that that wasn't me. So I'm so happy that we touched on these topics because for anyone who's listening, this is also, you know, this is something to think about because so many times you're sort of believing in something which, you know, has been shaped by your past or, you know, it's just in your present moment. But is it really you? Is it really you or this set of rules that you got as a kid or you know some things that you developed as you were growing so food for thought for everyone to think about now yeah i like the fact that you also mentioned that okay you know what if you gained uh, you think eight or ten hold yourself responsible but around the world now we're seeing a crazy problem that about a billion people in the world are hungry and about two billion people eat too much and the wrong sort of food so obesity is increasing a lot of craziness is increasing. Do you get patients or like, do you get clients with weight related issues? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Majority of my clients that come through our virtual door are wanting mm -hmm. to lose weight. Um, I would say the weight loss becomes a byproduct of what mm -hmm. actually happens. They find themselves, um, once they understand that the weight gain was caused at the level of their mind and not, through the food that they were overeating, um, that they, you know, that they were so often blaming, that is when they start to make the metabolic shift. And we teach science and math. I teach the mind math, you know, how to solve that mind math. Which I want to know more about. Yeah, but then we teach the science. We teach the metabolic science too. So I love neuroscience, um, yeah. and I also love metabolic science. And we we dive deep into that because that is absolutely imperative that people understand that your metabolic health equates to longevity. It equates to whether you're gonna sustain life. And you know, we all think we want to be at an ideal weight to be happy. Well, let's like take a step back and talk about whether you're going to be here or not to even be happy. <laughs> so yeah, metabolic health is, is critically, critically important. And, um, you know, that directly correlates to the energy, you know, what kind of energy are you burning to exist? Are you burning sugar? as your source of energy, which most, I will speak for Americans. Most mm -hmm. Americans are sugar burners. Only I think 12% of mm -hmm. Americans are even metabolically fit, which that's defined as whether you can switch from being a sugar burner into a fat burner and go back and forth. Most Americans are eating so often that they never give their body a chance to tap into the fat stores on their body like around their hips and thighs and in their belly they don't they don't allow insulin to lower so that they do tap into those fat stores so that they do lose weight they just continue to burn the sugar that they're consuming or the stored sugar that they have consumed for months if not years and when you eat that standard american diet you just don't give your body the chance because that there's the old adage that you should be eating five days or five times a week or five mm -hmm. times a day, you know, and snacking is just off the charts. And the snacks are usually not whole foods. They're some sort of processed food. And mm -hmm. there's nothing about processed foods that are going to 
help your insulin levels stay low. So yeah, the metabolic science as well as the neuroscience is what we teach. And therefore we attract a lot of people who want to lose weight. And what always excites me is that weight loss becomes the byproduct because they actually understand themselves. You know, that's the whole self-made you is understanding yourself, S-E-L-F. Those are our four basics that we teach. And that's S is to solve the mind math. E is to eat the foods that fuel you. L is to collect, is to learn how to collect data so that you're making your decisions from data, not drama. And then we teach our clients how to fast so that you can balance out the insulin so that you can become metabolically fit. And they learn about themselves through the process, which is my goal. They don't, they would never, ever, ever buy my product if I said, come learn about yourself. <laughs> so I'm out there on the front screaming, I'll teach you how to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. And makes sense. And I wish, uh, like, hearing this conversation, I wish I had a paper and a pen to note down so many things because you went over so many interesting things from, you know, being a sugar burner to a fat burner from insulin levels and a lot of people in my opinion as well and let me ask you this you know you mentioned about this whole thing of self and food being one of the main determinants but i also think the environment that we're in is a very big contributor because now depending on where you live but 90 percent of us are spending times indoors Right. So we're isolated. We're in we're in artificial light. We're eating too much, working too much. This is another thing that I see a lot in people like stress levels go up because of stress levels. Inflammation goes up and people are sitting in a mismatch, unnatural environment where they have either too much of light or too less of light. And they're not going outdoors. They're not getting the natural healing spectrums that might come from nature which is let's call it sunlight with the whole complete spectrum which also you know is responsible for lowering insulin levels increasing increasing nitric oxide helping with inflammation just and just so many different factors like people are disconnected from the earth um, staying in buildings and houses but not allowing themselves to go maybe ground take their feet uh remove their feet uh, walk on some natural surfaces, get some natural bacteria improved. So yeah, there, there are so many complications and we can go so many ways. That's why it's, it was yeah. so exciting and I wanted to take notes, but like, yeah. let's say, for example, let's, let's talk about this here. Like in 2022, if you have a weight loss client, what are the few things that you tell them that maybe someone who's listening to this and has a weight loss struggle what are the first few things that you might want to advise them? Like, what are some things that they have to fix before getting into the, the advanced stuff? Yeah. So the actionables would look like um, reducing the amount of toxins that you are taking in. So to your point, CJ, mm -hmm. the toxins vary greatly. They can be in the things that you're eating and drinking, but they can also be, you know, you can be exposed to them through your environment. So you know, weight gain or the inability to lose weight is being caused by um, the, the, the weight loss is a symptom. So, or the, excuse me, the weight being overweight is a symptom. And so it, you might have gut health issues. You might have 
you know, a high toxic load. You might have electrolyte imbalance or hormone imbalance. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing all of the things that are going to take care of those common contributors to being overweight. Overweight is a symptom. So um, I know that reducing toxins has got to be one of the first things. And sugar and flour are toxic substances. Alcohol is a toxic substance. Now, I know that especially here in America, we have a lot of women, especially who love their wine o'clock. You know, they love to sit down with a glass of wine at seven o'clock every night. And it's become a habit. And so usually, you know, those are the women who are like, please don't make me give up my wine. <laughs> and I'm not going to force you to give up your wine, but I'm going to educate you as to you know, what it is doing to you and how it's contributing to your experience. And you ultimately get to make that choice. And as you get to understand yourself better, you'll probably organically start to reduce your wine consumption. Mm -hmm. But just like that, it's, it's the same trajectory for the people who are addicted to sugar and flour. You know, those are toxics toxic man-made substances, the refined versions of those are man-made and <clears throat> they are, you know, unnecessary and we can eliminate those from our diets and that will have a dramatic effect on our insulin levels, which is the goal. If you want to lose weight, you've got to get your insulin down. So many people, you know, they'll, it went from low sugar trends to then low fat trends and then it was low calorie trends and then it was mm -hmm. counting points trends but mm -hmm. why teach people why teach people about themselves so that they know how those things very specifically affect their body mentally emotionally physically and metabolically teach them that so that they can create sustainable change and to be really honest, CJ, that's what a lot of weight loss programs do not teach because they know that you'll potentially lose the weight by counting points, but you're not going to retain that weight loss. You That's unsustainable because that is an unnatural way of living if you haven't, if you don't understand yourself. The minute that you start feeling overwhelmed or stressed, and food was kind of your go-to in, a, in, a, in regards to numbing that stress, it's inevitable that you will be stressed once again, even at your goal weight, and you'll go right back to the old standby of opening up the refrigerator or pantry door and perusing for something that will numb that feeling. So it's really important that <clears throat> I teach my clients you know, there's certain things that you need to eliminate. These are the basic things. And it looks like sugar, flour, and alcohol. I would say the fourth would be any sort of refined oils. You yep. want to get rid of any of those refined oils. You want to increase your fats, your good fats. You want to increase fats like avocados and olives and avocado oil and, and um, olive oil, MCT oil any of those kind of fats, if you can increase those, you're going to increase your ketone production, which is a great thing. 
Um, if you can start, if you can start using the ketones, which is, it gets a little sciencey, but that's a source of energy for, go you. for it. You, you can go for it. Uh, the audience loves the science. All right. Of it. Yeah. So that's an alternative source to yeah. the sugar energy that so many Americans at least are burning. Right. And mm -hmm. so we want to increase our ketone production. You're going to increase your ketone production by increasing the good fats and extending the amount of time in between your meals aka fasting right mm -hmm. so um yeah i would say the basics are first and foremost eliminating those toxins the refined oils the the man-made substances increasing your fat and then i would say outside of that it would be extending the amount of time in between your meals so you can look at that in a lot of different ways. If the word fasting scares you, then I would say, you know, reduce your eating window is another great way to look at that. You know, it's just, or extend the time in between your eating windows. Um, yeah. That is really doing your body a favor. Um, yeah, there are some people who get scared by fasting. I'm like, I just told them it's time restricted eating, just a fancier yeah. way to call yeah. fasting. And yes, I completely agree. This is one of the biggest health epidemics that is going on right now that we are, you know, even if we go eat the healthy fish and we are, okay, you know, a lot of seafood and things like that, we're getting low level mercury poisoning. Um, there's a lot of toxic metals in the environment. I know this because my neighbor is just, there's some new people moving in and they're just tearing the place apart. And I'm going outside just like this just getting into my car to get out and that all of those things like just these fine particles in the air mm -hmm. um the vocs all of these things like really have a very big impact and for people who are listening i've always i've always supported this idea. an endocrine disruptor so they mess up your hormonal system which is another completely different story we don't want to go there but mm -hmm. yeah in fact tracy recently i've I've been taking my detox things uh, quite seriously. I've been uh, um, about a few months ago, I got myself an infrared sauna and now at least five days a week, the protocol is um, niacin, heavy niacin before the infrared sauna, then get into the sauna for 40 minutes, then get a binder like activated charcoal. And then there is another thing that I met this doctor in US uh, Dr. Daniel Pompa, and uh -huh. he yeah. has a product, but I can't, it's it's some sort of a zeo, zeo, zeolith, I, I can't remember, but basically it's also one of these crazy binders. So I've recently started that as well. And yeah, yeah. for everyone who's listening, like, you know, it's just some small steps that you can take every day. First thing, don't eat that crazy sugar and flour. It, you know, it's the same thing that switches on lights in the parts of the brain that is the same with cocaine so that's why it's so addictive mm -hmm. and also it's, it's it's really the other problem is tracy that it is sort of really addictive because you know two-thirds of our tongue is meant to appreciate some sort of a sugar in some way so you're fighting against this evolutionary battle where this sort of food like natural sugar i mean not the process but the natural sugar was so rare and you could hardly find it and now mm -hmm. that we have abundance of it. People can't stop using it. And the other thing that you touched on was fasting. And fasting is really interesting because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, no, you know, especially people who go to the gym, they all tell you like, oh, we don't want to lose our gains. That's how that whole 
six meals a day, five meals a day theory showed up. But we also know that for people who are listening and they they think about their weight loss or their, uh, I mean, people in the gym category or the athlete category, you think you're going to lose too much. Then, as Tracy mentioned, fasting also triggers something called, um, I mean, there's a multiple pathways, but it it helps you get these ketone bodies and these ketone bodies especially there is a specific body called beta hydroxybutyrate and that has a muscle sparing effect so you'll see a lot of people who go into fasting but they don't lose any muscle because the ketones that they produce after fasting spares your muscle now the second bit of people who are trying to lose weight and who might be scared i mean you know there's tons of research on fasting it's you can start off at like 12 hours work your way up you don't have to be doing like a 20 hour fast or something like that but yeah have something small do it a few days a week there are different sorts of fasting such as the warrior diet the the five two diet the alternative day fasting so you know get in touch with tracy have a look online see how it is but trust me it's not as difficult start with like a 12 hour fast per day and then gradually build your way up but also fasting is different for men and women and one thing to highlight is that a lot of studies, like more than 70% of the studies that have been done on fasting have only been done on men. And mm-hmm. men respond very late to the hormonal changes. So for women, what I tend to recommend, I don't know if you'd agree with this, is that men could easily get away with like 18, 20 hours of fast. But I know a lot of women who try to push the same. And then somewhere during the line, they sort of, you know, missing their cycles, other things start happening. So I tend to tell them, like, if you're a super active person, try to be between like 12 to 14 hours. That should mm-hmm. be your general aim. Yeah, a couple once a month or twice a month, if you want to do an extended or longer fast, do it. But don't do the longer fast every day because men can are much better in their ability to handle it. But women, you know, because of having to give birth and having more yeah. fat on their body, like this is just just evolutionary. It doesn't um, right. matter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think fasting needs to look different depending on what result you are wanting to achieve. And it also will look different depending on if you are a man or a woman. It will also look different based on your age. So the point that I want to really drive home is decide what it is that you're trying to achieve. And to your point, CJ, we are bombarded with so much messaging and so much information that unless you know what it is that you want, it's Mm -hmm. going to be even that much more difficult to like filter through the information to find what's right for you. So step number one is decide what it is that you are looking to achieve. Are you looking to maintain your weight and just maybe balance out hormones for mental clarity purposes or sustained energy purposes or longevity purposes? Are you looking to build muscle because you know you want to heal or you want to um, become more tone or you are looking for um, mobility, flexibility, you know, gains? Are you wanting to lose weight? Like you have to understand what it is that you most desire because your protocol will then have to be curated to support that. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody that's like, I don't even know what I want, but I'm just going to listen to this Tracy chick and start <laughs> fasting. Well, 
that's not going to help you because it's very, you have to know yourself, right? You have to know yourself. What is it that you want? Why do you want that? And now mm -hmm. let's start looking at what it is that you're thinking and feeling that has you doing, behaving, reacting, that's currently getting your, you the results that you're currently experiencing. So we always start with what is it that you want and what is it that you're currently experiencing? So I don't jump into, here's what you do to you know lose the weight right now. Yeah. I want them to see how they're creating the results that they're actually getting right now, because that's how I can get them on board quite quickly is by showing them this is you creating this experience and here's how. And now that you know that we can reverse architect that we can mm -hmm. actually decide what it is that we want and reverse architect that. And so, yes, actions and behaviors are a very, very, very important component of the mind math of the of the results that you're getting. But it all starts at the level of your mind. You have to understand first and foremost. So, so yeah, we, um, I mean, everything you said, I completely agree, agree with you a hundred percent. And I think the, where we, what we need to really shine a light on is it looks different for everyone. And I know yep. that that can sound a little cliche, but the reason why it looks different is because every person has a different deep down internal desire and know what that is for you. That will mm -hmm. really help you get to your goal so much faster if you understand what it is that you want and then go beyond that and why do you want that and then curate your protocol from that yeah i i tend to think that most of the times people you know you give them the simple concepts and the most easy things and they're like oh that's not gonna work and then you tell them like something complex and they're like oh okay this seems legit so you know it, yeah. it's just every time i i try my best to like explain people like in the most simplest languages like if it was a conversation like that and i would tell everyone you're different and then it'd be like oh yeah that's are you are you sure and i'm like oh there's this thing called biochemical individuality and they're like oh tell me more and i'm like oh man <laughs> this is just the same thing just different ways of perceiving it but so we have like we spoke about the people who want to lose weight and we generally establish and people who want to lose weight or don't want to lose weight they kind of know in some some way or the other that losing weight will fix your hormones improve your hrv it reduces things like triglycerides it improves your overall quality of life but then this explanation doesn't sit with a type of people who are just sort of uh, they in their mind they've just come to this world to just work and work and to make money or like chase deadlines mm -hmm. and they're not really concerned about their health how do we get this sort of a message and i know you in your work you talk about this where how losing weight can also help your professional life not just like your personal or life so how, how do you get that message across because i i find it very difficult yeah so we do get a, a vast majority of people wanting to lose weight come through our virtual coaching door but mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we don't get the people who are looking to heal relationships or to improve upon their professional life or increase their income. We do. We get a lot of those people as well. And it always goes back again to understanding the S, the E, the L, the F. So the solving the mind math is 
is really understanding yourself at the mental and emotional level. Um, you want to eat the foods that fuel you because if that's going to correlate to the metabolic side. So we've got the emotional, the mental, the, the physical, like the energy body from whether you show up or not to work is a huge component of whether you're going to thrive at work. Um, and the metabolic side of it, you know, has a lot to do with the mental clarity with the sustained energy and the balanced out moods. So how do we create professional success? I would say, again, it starts with the way that you are showing up, the way you're behaving, what it is that you're doing or not doing. So mm -hmm. if you um, have a hard time communicating with people and you know, therefore it has effects, negative effects or consequences on your professional life, that is being driven from the way you're feeling. The way you communicate with people is a behavior. And that's being driven by the way you're feeling because you're thinking something like if you're thinking that they don't like me or I'm confused or or I'm not earning enough money. Right. That makes you feel in lack. Right. It makes you feel like um, you're chasing something. Therefore, you show up in a way that looks very grippy. Maybe you are somebody who you know, attacks first and ask questions later, that's gonna have effects on your results. So we, how I would coach somebody is I would get very specific. What is it that you want? Again, it's very personal. What is it that you're trying to create? If it's, you want to go for the next uh, level within your hierarchy or you're looking for a promotion, okay. Great. What are all the things that you would have to do? Let's get very reasonable. Let's look, let's use our prefrontal cortex. I like to call it our prodigy brain, but it's your prefrontal mm -hmm. cortex. We want to, we want to use data to make the decision logically. What are the steps that we would have to take to get that promotion? We strip away the drama, the primitive brain thoughts, and we mm -hmm. trip the trigger of our prefrontal cortex and we start looking for data to make our decisions from. And then here's the, here's the kicker. Then we have to ask ourselves, how would we have to be feeling to show up and do those things? Once mm -hmm. we have the exhaustive list, the playbook, and you could, if you couldn't even see yourself doing those things, I would ask you, what would somebody else who has achieved this? What, what, what was their game plan look like? What does their playbook look like? Okay. What would you have to be feeling? Is it motivated? Is it confident? If it, is it um, equipped? What is it that you would have to be feeling to actually show up and be doing those things? And then what is it that you would have to be thinking to be feeling that emotion? So we're just reverse architecting it. So the solving the mind math applies to absolutely everyone, no matter what it is that you want to create from yourself. And so does eating the foods that fuel you, learning to collect data to make your decisions from, and fasting so that you have metabolic health. Because if you aren't thinking clearly in your professional environment, it's very difficult to A, enjoy the experience, but B, to actually make progress, to be productive if you aren't thinking clearly. 
and metabolic health has everything to do with your brain. So um, I think it is all very tightly woven. And again, I just teach that so many people just don't understand it. And so we teach it from kind of the 10,000 foot view. And then we, we kind of zoom in and talk about, okay, now what does this mean to you specifically? But mm -hmm. yeah, I think the S, the E, the L, the F, it, it pertains to absolutely everything in your life. And you can understand through understanding that those four basics, you can understand how you're getting what you're currently getting. And the, the most exciting part is you can create things for yourself personally, professionally, spiritually, socially, economically that you never thought were possible. And that like gets me super fired up even at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> And thank you for joining me at 6 a.m. in the morning. And it, it's so true. Like, you know, there are when you go, I mean, we're talking about science, but like if we take a segue really quick and we talk about all of these philosophies, and we talk about a lot of philosophies that come from the East, especially looking at Taoist philosophies, Buddhist philosophies, a lot of yogic traditions. A lot of those traditions will always tell you that if you have to change your life or if you want to change your life, one of the things that you have to do is to take responsibility, like word for word. This is, th that's why I said it's very powerful word because every time you're blaming someone or something, or, you know, you're, like you said, you're being a victim, not a victor or not a creator in a way. And you're sort of, you're sort of letting your, life ride on something else you're not in the control seat and i personally feel like control can also be personally i feel like there is no such thing as control because it can be very it could be different for everyone but in this context what control we're talking about is get at an outcome and say that okay you know what this is all on me I, it's my responsibility and having having the opportunity to blame the weather or your mother like we mentioned earlier it sort of gives you a very big power and that power brings you in that present moment and makes your spiritual body or like the your brain or whatever it makes you feel like the next thing can, you can somehow influence it and most of the times you can there yeah. is a whole thing about the whole karmic connection that the East comes through. And it's all mostly for people who are listening. It's all about this. Like, you know, you're there. There are many times that, you know, you would be walking on the street or like you're doing something and you always find yourself going through the same thing again and again and again. And it's not like that thing has a problem. If you're going through it again and again, then there's something in your biology or your, you know, we there are different words and terminologies, but to keep it simple, like there's something around your sphere that attracts you towards it. And the time yeah. that you take that responsibility and you say, okay, you know what? This is happening because of me, not because of someone else. That's the time you sort of lose the grip of that multiple words. One word is karma. You can use a karmic mm -hmm. thing on yourself. So super cool. It's, it's very interesting. And I'm so happy we got to, you know, segue because mostly on these conversations, we don't get to segue in these, like a holistic route of things the other thing i wanted to ask you about is 
okay, we spoke about some, you said that some people might be eating because of, uh, you know, some emotional content, they want to numb their pain, something like this. The, there's another way to numb your pain. And that is indulging in not eating, but drinking, which is alcohol. So a lot of people, you know, everyone in some shape or form knows that alcohol isn't that great for you. But they do it anyway, right? People keep drinking and a lot of people don't understand that alcohol is shown to have a contributing factor in about 200 different diseases and illnesses every year. I mean, I don't want to make people sad, but 3 million people die because of alcohol abuse. So do you get a lot of people who are trying to quit alcohol? And if they do, what's your what's your hack? What's your strategy? How do you... Because if you tell them you're in control, they're going to drink more. So is there right. something else that comes right. here? Yeah, the hack is to help them understand it from a science level. And I can, I, our brains, CJ, are so uh, aligned. I love yeah. the, what you teach. And I'm, I am like, yes. Oh, it's so fun to listen to you. But I'll, I'll say, I bet you the biggest difference between you and I is I have a little peanut brain, which really is advantageous for my clients because I, I tend to use frameworks to teach things. Mm -hmm. I try to simple, simplify it. Yeah. Um, so that it's easy to understand. And um, I would say that I do a pretty good job of helping people understand the science behind mm -hmm. what the alcohol is doing. And mm -hmm. I know that to create something sustainable, whether it is learning how to fast or it's learning how to stop over drinking, there's a progression, there's a process that you need to go through. It starts with understanding why you're over drinking in the first place. Hmm. So that's where we start. Then it would start with an understanding of, you know, what is it doing emotionally, mentally, physically, and metabolically. And then we would go on to that next step of what is it that we want? Some people don't want to give it up entirely. Some people want to, who aren't able to be moderate right now, maybe that's what they want is just to be able to moderately drink. That's totally fine. It's it's to everybody's discretion of what it is that they seek. So mm -hmm. we would define that and then we would make that game plan and we would understand that reaching for a bottle of wine is a behavior. It doesn't mean anything about you. It's just a habitual behavior that happens every night at seven o'clock. Why is that happening? And are you, if it's wanting to numb the stress or take the edge off is what I hear all the time. Well, do you have the ability to take the edge off, to numb the stress, to actually just sit with stress? It's a normal human emotion. You don't have to run from that. You have the capacity and the ability to sit and feel stress. You don't have to react from that if you don't want to right? Let it be, if you want to, let it be a response that's coming from your prefrontal cortex, not a reaction that's coming from your primitive brain on default, because that doesn't end well. That ends in addiction, right? And so if you're coming into our door saying, I want to stop over drinking, or I want to stop drinking altogether, we can help you with that. Um, and it, like I said, it starts with understanding why you're getting the, the the results you're currently getting and then it's a process um okay. and it doesn't take long but it's steeped 
in understanding because that's what's going to create the sustainability. I have stopped over drinking. I've stopped drinking entirely. And I never, ever would have thought that was possible. I couldn't imagine my life. And there's days, if I'm being really honest, there's days where I think about the rest of my life and I think, oh, I don't know if I could never drink alcohol again. I think about my children's weddings. You know, I think about all of those fairy tale events. I start thinking about big events. I don't think about the moments. And so that would be my advice to you if you're somebody who's like, there's no way I could fast. There's no way I could never drink alcohol again. You know what? You're thinking about the rest of your life. This is a moment by moment, step by step journey. And in the moment, if you understand why you're having that urge, you can make an entirely different decision. If you don't have the wherewithal, then you will operate by default from your primitive brain. And so we teach you that. We teach you that. And of course, that doesn't seem reasonable right now because you just don't yet understand. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean anything about you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about your system because you have such of like, you know, you're combining data, you're combining evidence-based solutions, you're combining practices, frameworks, and that is really important for learning. I mean, there are very few people in the world who can just like listen to someone and say like, all right, that's it, I'm, I'm going to stop. That doesn't happen, right? That doesn't happen for like 90% plus people. Most of us need to do it over a period of time. And I encourage people that if you're trying to start a new habit and don't be too hard on yourself, like it doesn't happen overnight. It takes X amount of time and it takes X amount of supervision because again, very few people can do it by themselves. And it's always nice when you have someone who's helped others do the same. And that's why Tracy is here. Um, Tracy, another quick fiery things that I want to throw at you before we end this conversation because I would be remiss not to ask you these things. What are your, like, let's say, around productivity and time management? What are your hacks? Oh, well, I would say, you know, find a routine that works for you. I feel like, um, you know, when you leave a lot of thoughts and um, chaos is what I like to call it in your mind, like all the to do's, in your mind, it feels very jumbled. You have a very difficult time um, having any sort of organization with your thoughts, but it, the effects of that is almost always an unorganized life. And so I would say probably the best hack, I actually teach a productivity methodology, but it's it looks like getting all of the thoughts, all of the to-dos, all of the feelings that you're experiencing around today, this week, this month, this year, down on paper. So you can be really objective about what's on that sheet of paper. You know, is it something that really is necessary or is it just kind of a dream? Is it something that we can logically use our prefrontal cortex and not be dramatic about and get it on the calendar? Like making those decisions first and foremost through just getting it down on paper, which would require you to carve out the time to do that work. Secondly, I would say prioritize yourself. Like whatever that looks like, if that looks like carving out 10 minutes every single day to meditate or going outside and you know taking your socks and shoes off and standing on the grass, um, whatever it looks like for yourself, prioritize yourself first. And then I would say secondly, prioritize focus time. 
prioritize a chunk of time every single day where you are creating a result where you actually have something tangible to see from that. Like we're not just passively working on something. We're actually creating something where there mm -hmm. is something at the end that you can say this was accomplished. So have set focus time for yourself every single day. And then I would say assess on at least a weekly basis, what worked, what didn't work, and what am I going to do different next week? Those would be my productivity hacks. It works like a charm. Um, it takes time to, you know, practice that and kind of refine it. So it works for you. There's lots of my clients have lots of iterations of it, but my clients are creating what they never thought possible through that productivity hack. Thank you for sharing that. And if people who are listening and you're not driving, please take notes because these are gold yeah. points from Tracy. And um, so 2022 has been crazy for some, not so crazy for others. Are there any new practices, ideas, habits that you have brought on in your personal life in 2022 and you've seen a difference? Hmm. You know, I... I like the biohacks. So when you said infrared sauna, that kind of yeah. perked up my ears. Um, you know, there's so many benefits to that's one detoxing tool, right? But it also has a lot of cardiovascular benefits to it um, and relaxation, mental, emotional benefits to it. So that's probably been one of the practices um, that have been most advantageous and new, I guess, just new for me. Yeah. I. I detox regularly. You know, we are, we make sure we keep our fingers on the pulse of everything metabolic and mm -hmm. you need to be detoxing regularly. Yeah. And I love that tool. So, um, that's probably something kind of fun. And then from a personal, I guess, in addition to that, personally, my family is shifting right now. My son just mm -hmm. graduated from college. My daughter is going into her senior year of college. My husband and I both work from home. Thank you to COVID. <laughs> and um, so we're kind of learning what that new normal looks like. And it's been a lot of fun. Like I could have looked at that, you know, and deducted from that. Oh my gosh, this is so stressful and so costly and, you know, mm -hmm. takes so much energy and there's so much required from me now because my kids are home and blah, 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 blah. But I can also choose to look at it like, and what else is coming from that? Like we've never been closer as a family and we, I have now adult children in the home who I can have conversations with and we can solve problems and we can create ideas together. And my, my kids are so fascinated by my business, which I love <laughs> um, that yeah. we can have those conversations. And so that's probably been um, very unexpected to come out of 2022, but um, I'm just so grateful for it. Oh, so I'm so happy for you. So family time, new biohacks. And yeah, if you ever want to discuss about biohacking, I love biohacking as well. In fact, I'm starting a company now uh, this week that is solely focused on biohacking. No way. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, and we can chat about it offline if you like. But for my last question uh, for you is if you had a time machine, let's imagine we're characters of a movie, right? And you had a time machine and you can go back in time, rewind time, go back and tell yourself 
give yourself a piece of advice apart from like buying a Bitcoin because everyone says that. But apart from buying a Bitcoin, if you had to go back, what would you tell yourself? It could be anything. It could be about health, relationships, metabolic health. Choose. Yeah. You know, I used to let, I grew up as an overweight child and I really let that identify a big part of my life. You know, I, it, I used it as an identifier of what I was, was and wasn't able to achieve. Um, I let it identify the relationships that I was capable of having and creating and nurturing. Um, and there were so many other things that was a physical, you know, quality. Yes, I was overweight. And it was because I was constantly trying to numb unwanted feelings through food. But there were so many other things about me. Like I had this deep desire to lead people. And unfortunately, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't really get to optimize that, maximize, leverage that because I was so laser focused on being overweight and what that meant about me. So um, if I could go back and talk to that little girl, I would really shine a light on all of the other things about me that really made me special, which we all have those things, but we tend to laser focus on what's wrong with us. And if you can just simply shift your focus into what's right about you and, and stay there, meditate on that for five minutes, oh man, would that ever make the hugest difference in each and every single person's life? And if I would have known that <laughs> 20, 30 years ago, you know, I probably would have avoided a lot of bumps in the road, but those bumps in the road were meant to be there and it built a lot of integrity within myself. And I have stories to share from those. So it's all good. There are no regrets, but I would maybe go back and tell myself that story. Yeah. It's, it's made you who you are, but yeah, sometimes that, that's, that's what's most important. Like our biggest pain is like a, it fuels us the most as well. And like it, keeps us reminding that you know where we came from and why we're here so thank yeah. you for sharing that but in doing so you have advised a lot of young people or people who maybe not young but are thinking from that mindset to have a change and tracy where can people find you if listening to this conversation people are like oh i need to talk to tracy and where do yeah, people find I would love to talk. I would love to talk to them. So the easiest way to to find me is to go to www.self S-E-L-F dash M-A-D-E, so self-made. And then it's uh, U, the, just the letter U, dot com, self-made U.com. And we have a quiz on there that you can take. It, it reveals what your weight loss quiz. superpower is yeah. and how you can leverage that. And it's, it actually kind of ties right back to what I was just saying, you know, really focus on some of your qualities so that we can kind of redirect your focus from the things that maybe aren't going so right for you right now mm -hmm. and then understanding how you can leverage those to get what it is that you want so it's such an easy quiz i have a psychological um, a clinical psychologist on staff so she helps mm -hmm. us create these quizzes so they're steeped in psychology but they only take about 90 nice. seconds to take and reveal your superpower so once you do that, then we have a five-day challenge that teaches you how to solve the mind math, totally free. We have an app that you can jump into that app and you can start 
um, collecting data and using a daily tracker and really, you know, receiving some of the lessons that we have to teach. Um, and within that app, you can talk to me. There's a way that you can talk to Coach Tracy. You can talk to some of the advisors that we have on staff and it's totally free. So I would say that's probably the best place to start. And you okay, can find our you. app. You can download our app. It's just called Self Made You on any of the you. app stores. Okay. We'll put it on the show notes for everyone. And if you're listening to this and you go, I mean, by the time this podcast is out, you will be able to see it. But right now on my Instagram also, I've mentioned Tracy's account. So you can go in through that. Tracy, thank you so much. I have had a great time talking to you. You're right. Our minds are completely aligned. So it's even like the time's flown by. I didn't even realize the time. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in the world, all the healing, your ideas, you know, all the lives that you've touched. I really appreciate you. Thank you, CJ. I am a fan of yours as well. You are out there doing the work and I appreciate you as well. Thank you so much. And for everyone who's listening, this is me, CJ, your host, signing out from the Shift with CJ podcast. Everyone have a good day, a good week, a good life ahead of you. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.